0: of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Welcome to our program today. The topic is uh, Evolution Mythology. The greatest tragedy in modern time is when the mythology of evolution was declared to be a scientific fact. The truth of the matter is, it's not science, and it definitely is not a fact. But this is what's been given to us, and because we have very little of the other, as a matter of fact, we're not even allowed to to hear the other, as one is called science, the other one is called religion, and we separate the two, and so we can't have religion in our schools and various other places, but we can have science. And uh, evolution is not a science. Well, if it's not a science, then what is it? Evolution is a religion, Evolution is a faith. As a matter of fact, it takes more faith to believe that everything just puffed into being, that everything just kind of sprung up into being, than what it does to take the fact that God, the Creator, the Redeemer, the All-Knowing One, the, the Great One, the One that knows everything, that can do anything, It takes more faith to believe in evolution than what it does to believe in the creation account that we talked about last week. This edition will show us why that this is a religion, and it will also show us how to get out of this and into the right thing. You know, we're actually in a spiritual battle. It's not a matter of who has the greatest intelligence in this particular situation, but it's who is willing to accept the facts at face value rather than trying to warp our our facts into our religion. The other thing about origins is that we can't determine origins by scientific methods. Science has to go through experimentation and various other ways that are not in in dealing with uh, evolution. So let me uh, go through some things with you. I have a few things listed here, and one of the first things I want to talk to you about in this addition, is what are the assumptions of good science? And this is probably going to surprise some of you, but good science does have some assumptions that are not like what we normally hear. The first one is that we accept the Bible as the Word of God and that it addresses the areas of science in a correct way. Every time that we see the Bible referring to some kind of a scientific theme, we find out that it's exactly right. As a matter of fact, some of these things were talked about a long time before we have modern science that has proven the Bible. The Bible has been proven over and over again through scientific investigation. The next thing we have to think about in uh, what assumption is that science is at its best when its goal is to bring glory and honor to God. Our science is to be used as a way of bringing honor and glory to God. As you can see, these are a lot different than what you're used to hearing. And then the third one is science is a part of God's dominion command. The Lord told man to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over everything that moves upon the earth. You notice that he didn't say that we were supposed to have absolute dominion, but the dominion was to be under God. God is the sovereign of the universe, God is the one that we listen to, the one that we get our directions from. So we have we are uh, to realize that science is used for us to fulfill God's dominion principle, which is to rule over this earth. Next one is that nature is a means of revealing God's attributes. When we look at nature, when we look at the stars, when we look at the different things in nature, we realize that that reveals God. People say, well, where is God? I don't see God. No, you don't see him with your visible eyes, but you can tell by what he created as to what kind of a being he really is. In the same way that when we create something, You can know something about that person by what they created. We can know God by the way that He created various things. In fact, the Bible tells us that we can know even God's eternal power and Godhead. A God that can create what we see and also what we don't see must be a tremendous, wonderful being. And we notice that many things by creation about God. The next thing is uh, that matter is not eternal. Matter had a beginning. The Bible tells us in the beginning God created and matter was one of those things that he created. So matter has a beginning. It is not eternal. And Uh, We'll find out some of these things, how they fit in. But then the why and the questions of origins cannot be determined by scientific means. Origins is from history. The better we know the history, the better we know the origin. And we know that the best history is the truth, and the truth is found in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Another thing is that life is a gift from God. Life cannot be created from non-life. Regardless of how many years we have life or non-life, we, I mean, as many years as we may have to figure out life coming from non-life, whether it's 10 years or 10 billion years, it'll never happen because life is a gift from God. Another uh, assumption is that knowledge and wisdom begins with the fear of God. The Bible tells us that the fear of of the Lord, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And so if we have no fear of God, then our wisdom and knowledge is faulty. Another one, God has given to all of us everything that we need to be happy and joyful, uh, to be content, to have a, a higher life. And some people chose, choose the lower life, some choose the higher. And the highest life we can have is when we are working with God. And then, uh, only good people can do good science. Now, uh, this might make you think for a while, but only people who are good, people who have a good heart, can do good science. And then, um, coming down pretty close to the end here um, on this, is science is more productive when it functions in the way of uh, a human-divine partnership. When we partner with God, when we work together with God, then we find that uh, science works much better. Last one, that everyone that is willing to follow these assumptions can be a good science. You don't have to have a Ph.D. degree or or anything like that. You can be a good scientist by uh, following these assumptions. Science and the Bible are not in conflict. And as I told you earlier, every time the Bible addresses any kind of scientific theme, it also is rather accurate, very accurate as a matter of fact. There's no place in the Bible where it goes against science, real science. It does go against false science or science falsely so-called. Now, we mentioned that evolution is a mythology. It's a myth. It's just like all the other creation myths. If you've looked at the other creation myths, you realize that Bible creation is much different than the other creation myths. I have on my website uh, a link that will link you up with another website that will show you uh, what the other mythologies of creation are. And so you can go to my website and find that out. But uh, why do we call evolution a myth? Why don't we call it a science? Well, evolution has never been a science. It's always been a myth and it's been that way from the very beginning. We're uh I'll tell you more about this later as we uh, so we can get into it. But before we take a break I want you to know that we're going to open up our phones early today and so the, the number for our call in after the break will be 888-463-6748. And after the break, you'll be able to uh, call in and talk to me about this. And after the break, we'll also uh, talk to you about why is evolution a myth. So uh, it's time for us to take our break and... So, I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: Has the fire gone out of your life? Do you want a new start that will transform your heart? Do you want a loving, personal relationship with the true and living God? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, 14 Facets of Jesus' True Church is for you. Within its pages, you will find a wealth of information that will inspire you to experience a new life that has purpose, fulfillment, and lasting peace in the presence of Jesus Christ in all his beauty. 14 Facets of Jesus' True Church. Available now at DeceitfulMasters.com or at Amazon.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: I wrote an article back in uh, 1981 for a magazine, a Christian magazine, And I titled it The Mythology Evolutionist. Uh, You know, we need to ask ourselves, how did we get here? Where are we going? What is my life all about? And why am I here? Now, we have people that are uh, on a materialistic level. And they used evolution, for, or at least try to use evolution, for these uh, questions. And then we have the Christian side, which uses creation and the Bible and the various things that are in the Bible to answer these questions. But is evolution a science, or is it a religion? Now, in a religion, we have faith, and like I said before, we can't determine origins by science, by scientific methods. And I could go through the scientific methods with you and, and, uh, show you why. But we have people of faith in the evolution framework. We have a number of them that I have listed here and I'm not going to bore you with all of these. But every one of these, starting back in the uh, distant past, back in the B.C. time, we had people that were trying to determine how we got here, didn't know anything about the Bible. Uh, one thought that we came from water, and that he claimed that that was the original substance, that we might ask, where did the water come from? And that he he started with the water uh, another one uh, he decided that man was made a tooth from the tooth of a shark and, but he had faith in that he believed that's what it was and then we have an, another one that that um, believed that you know the It was use and misuse. Now, if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you have to use it, then it'll come. And one of these things is the evolution of the horse. The horse was started out a small animal about the size of a collie dog. And as time went by, the animal got bigger. And and uh, he was kind of in covered in the uh, thickets, you know. It was, But... Uh, all that disappeared, and and because of that, he had to find some way to run faster, and so he had to develop hoofs to run faster. Then he went from that. He, he had to get the uh, grass was gone, so he had to eat from the trees, and he, his neck had to get longer in order to eat from the trees, and <laughs> it gets worse as it goes along, and... Uh, so eventually we have the horse we have today. And this is because he had to use certain things and he had to develop. That's one example. Uh, we know Charles Darwin, and he went here and there, and and his was, uh, he wrote The Origin of the Species, and it was uh, Survival of the Fittest. And we have that today. But we have a number of people who had faith. They couldn't prove these things any more than I can prove what I believe through science. But I do have more going for me in science than what this would be, as you can well see. Also, the evolutionists have rituals. The, uh, Hitler sacrificed six million Jews on his altar of the super race. So they do have rituals that they go through. The evolutionist has a gospel. They have good news for you. If you can wait around for it, after so many millions or billions of years, everything's going to be all right, and it's going to work just fine for you. And so uh, they do have a gospel. But all of these things are religious. In nature, the idea of spontaneous generation is something that cannot happen. It's a myth. It, You know, as much as you try to do it, I don't care if you have 10 years or 10 billion or how many other years you want. You can put as many years in there as you want. But you cannot take and get life from non-life. Life produces life. That's been known ever since for a long for many years, for many hundreds of years. We've known that. So life cannot be produced from non life. Then we have the mythology of missing links. You know, we we've been looking for those missing links for a long time and I don't know that we've really found any. We've every once in a while we think we found one and and uh, news media gets a hold of it and broadcast all over the world and and we finally found the missing link but the sad thing is a lot of these missing links turn out not to be so missing after all they have found some of these missing links that are on rare very rare occasions where they're still alive um but also we have uh missing links that were... one was a forgery. It's amazing what you can take from a few bones and construct a missing link. And this has been done over and over again. One of them was co- some college students. They thought they'd play a trick on their professor. So they got a skeleton. They used a little ash and a few other things and fixed it all up and showed it to the professor professor was getting rather excited about it and he said this is the missing link until they finally found out that it was the students playing a joke on their professor. A few years back they saw a man, a wrestler his name was Angel a bunch of these uh, evolutionists were sitting there at the ring watching this person perform and All at once they thought, well, this is a Neothal man. They bring him over and do some things on him and every, you know, do some examination of him. Sure enough, this is the Neothal man. But then they found out that he was in that condition because of a gland condition that he had. On and on they have tried to find missing links. But as of right now, as far as I know, they really haven't found a bona fide one. They found a lot of them that They would like to call missing links, and so they put them in an order, you know. Uh, how about the, how about the geological column? Can you really find the geological column in one place? No, you have to kind of fit them in the way you want them. And we, we don't uh, need to do that as Christians. We don't have to try to fool people or to fool ourselves. We just take things at face value. But these they knew they had to have a missing link. But the truth of the matter is, if evolution is right, we ought to be tripping over missing links. If everything went through a, a slow process and we went from one to the other and we had this tree, and we might say that this tree is not the tree of life, It's a tree of death because one got a little more fit than the other one and and outdid the other one, and it, it comes on to being. So this is not a tree of life as we have in our Bibles. This is a tree of death. But they keep trying to fit these different things as branches on this tree, Every once in a while, they find out, no, wait a moment, this one doesn't fit on this tree. So one person decided, we don't have a tree, we have a forest. And that didn't work too well either. But different links. Then the other thing, mytholo- mythology is mutations. We had to have a way of this happening, so mutations seem to be one of those things. So we have mutations but mutations are only, they're, they're only dealing with what we have already. Mutations are usually harmful for the most part. You might have a few that aren't, but for the most part these mutations are harmful to the organism. There is an alternate alternative And we know what that alternative is. It's the creation account. The mutations that we have, that we've seen, are actually using what already exists. And in some cases, some things are taken out, some things are rearranged, Life is a very complicated thing. Every once in a while, we can have them rearranged. We have people that don't have any arms. We have Siamese twins that have been fused together and things like this. But for the most part, everything works out perfect. When people have children... They're not looking for monsters. They're not looking for something that is different. And you most certainly can't have a fish come out of a bird egg and this kind of a thing. We know that. So for the most part, it's perfectly all right. When you have a baby, you're expecting either a boy or a girl, and you're expecting that baby to be perfect. And 99.9% of the time, your expectations are reached. But once in a while, we have a mutation. And when that happens, it may be, rather than a mutation, it might be an adaptation. The Lord has built into life a great ability to adapt. And so we have, for example, we have an owl, the great horned owl. In the wintertime, he turns white. And in the summertime, he's a different color, if you know anything about a great horned owl. So God has built into creation the wonderful ability to adapt. So uh, many times what we call mutations are really an, ad- an adaptation coming into being. Now we're getting close again to our break, so we'll return and talk more about this. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
2: The lines have been drawn, and the spiritual battle is heating up. The enemies of the souls of mankind are attacking the family and challenging the church of Jesus Christ. The wicked are ruling, the people are mourning, and our society is being trashed. You need God's Operation Manual for Spiritual Warfare to weather the storms. Being prepared to do spiritual warfare is of greater importance today than it has ever been. When using strategies and principles listed in God's Operation Manual for Spiritual Warfare, You will be sure to win the spiritual battles waged against you, your family, your church, and your world. Time is running out. Get the manual, enlist in God's army, and push back the powers of darkness that are on every hand. God's Operation Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Available now at Amazon.com or at DeceitfulMasters.com.
0: Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: We're opening up our phone lines, which we've done already, but we're going to give you uh, the number again. It's 888-463-6748. If you would like to get involved in in our talk show today, you're more than, than welcome to come on the program. Origins is very, very important. We can't overemphasize that. When we determine where we come from, then we're able to know more of where we're going. If we just got here by accident, if we're from monkeys and then we're told in sex education how to act like monkeys... Then naturally we're going to do that, aren't we? We pretty much do what we accept. So evolution has brought much, much to us that is of a terrible nature. And I'm going to give a few of those right now. It's brought to us wars and rumors of wars. If this is a survival of the fittest, Then why not might makes right? And so we have people like Hitler and a number of other tyrants that have came on the scene. And we have wars and rumors of wars. And today we have plenty of those, don't we? Then we have a moral collapse. If we don't realize that the Lord God of heaven created us in a moral sense... Then what we have is a spiritual battle and this spiritual battle has caused a moral collapse. It just seems like the bottom has fell out. Things that we accepted today, we would never accepted 50 years ago or less. There's economic collapse. We have no real meaning for being here then everything starts falling apart. So the economy, and look at our economy today. Wouldn't it be better if we knew that there was a God in heaven that cared for us? Rather than trying to get the Bible out of our schools and things like this, wouldn't it be better to bring God back into our schools, bring him back into our government, and uh, not to have people out there that are trying to get rid of every thought of God? What have they got to return in return for us? They got evolution. But what is that? It is not a better thing. There's human degradation. And we have plenty of that today, don't we? The human has not increased in uh, goodness and kindness and everything. We have road rage. We have all kinds of things like this are happening so the we've gone down we haven't gone up if we want to talk about anything we can call talk about devolution not evolution because when we left god out of everything we uh, begin to fall apart there's spiritual reprobates there are people who uh, Have a form of godliness without the power and things like this. So, there's actually a war against God. And there's a spirit, people are spiritual reprobates. They have no spiritual life. They think that we're here, we die like a, they used to say like a yellow dog, and so we just might as well make the best out of life while we can because this is it. But the truth of the matter is there's a life beyond this life, but there's spiritual, uh, there's human degradation. Then there's sinister schemes like Hitler's plan for the human race and a number of other schemes that we see that are not helpful to us have abortion on demand. Like I said, life is a gift from God. And our Constitution says here in America that we are granted life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That there are certain unalienable rights that are not in the hands of government or anyone else but they're given to us by God. So these this abortion on demand is killing people, killing little ba- little babies. It's killing people that can't help themselves. So we have abortion on demand. When people will have a baby born and lay it in a room somewhere and let it die because someone didn't want it, the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people who would just love to have a baby that don't have. I never have had, been able to have children of my own. And because of situations, I was not able to adopt any. But if I could have, I most certainly would have. There are a lot of people like me out there. There's sexual perversions everything from having sex with animals to man having sex with men and women with women. And we might say that that's a lifestyle that people can have. The thing in our country, we'll allow you to do about anything if you want to, but that doesn't make it right. This is perverted sex. Some people wouldn't want to admit this, but it's a means of self, it's a means of birth control. If you have two women and two men together, how can you have children? Anyone that knows anything knows that just can't happen. And so it's a means of birth control, just like abortion is. We have two of them like that. You know, another one was if you don't like the people, you just start killing them off. But this sex, it's a sexual perversion. It's not what God had in mind. God had one man, one woman for life. That was his plan. That is his plan. And that always works better. When you have a husband and a wife in a loving relationship with one another and some children thrown in there, you have the best society that we could have. As a matter of fact, the family starts, The I mean society starts with the family. If the family goes apart, the society goes apart. Then there's a disregard for God. Naturally, if we just came here by accident, why worry about God? We're just here, we just have to make the best of it. Then there's, there's social collapse as well. I don't know how you are in your part of the country. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. But neighbors don't even know neighbors anymore. When I was growing up that was seventy five years ago, seventy five now, but when I was growing up as a back there in Brazil, Indiana, neighbors knew neighbors. And we took care of each other. We didn't have a lot of things we didn't know the difference between the rich ones and the poor ones. We, we all worked together. If we needed something, we'd go over to our neighbor and we'd borrow it. Our neighbor needed it, they'd come over and borrow it. And my, my mother was kind of like the nurse for the community. If my mother was a very loving kind of a mother, my father was a hard working person as well. But we had the social collapse. Many of us don't know who our neighbors are. Some of us would rather that we didn't know who our neighbors were and things like this. So there is a great social collapse. And then the sad thing is there are many souls in hell today, in a burning lake of fire like the Bible talks about, that should be in heaven. But they never was told the the truth as it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Science is idolized. If science says it, that's okay. But if some other one says it, it's a little doubtful. So science is idolized today. That is our God. For many people, that is their God, is science. But science is not a god. It never has been and never can be. It's not going to bring in the golden age. It's going to be fool's gold. It is fool's gold today, and it will always be fool's gold. It's It can't help us with our deepest problems. That's the reason why so many people are committing suicide and things like that. They have no hope. We can't live without hope. Science can't give us hope because they don't have any of their self. Then we have the God of pleasure. I have a little uh, version of the Psalm 23 that I wrote for the the Humanist 23rd Psalm. I am my own shepherd. I shall always want. I try to find green pastures. I lie down beside many troubled waters. I restore my soul with false hopes. I lead myself in paths of self-gratification for my own name's sake. Oh, yes, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear eternal judgment. For God is not with me. God's rod and staff are a constant rebuke to my life of self-gratification. I try to have a feast in the presence of God's people. I put on a good front with a shining face. A hypocritical life is empty. Surely rebuke and judgment will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the eternally lost forever. That's what evolution gives us. We have inordinate affections. People don't have any feelings for what they should. How can a person kill their baby or allow their baby to be killed? That definitely is an inordinate affection. An inordinate affection is an unnatural affection. How can a man live with a man and a woman with a woman? That is not the affection that is the real affection. it's not natural. it's against nature and uh, people can just kill people off and not even think about it at all. That's an inordinate affection. We have a medical system that that is turned greedy. There are many things that we could we have in medicine today that are not allowed. Nutrition being one of those things. And um, I'm going over my time, so we're ready for a break. And I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to the Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
2: Are you tired of being sick all the time? Do you want to experience good health instead of being drugged, burned, or mutilated back to good health? None of those methods have ever addressed the causes for poor health. To have ultimate health, our whole being, spiritual, moral, and physical, must be included. The prescriptions given in God's prescriptions for a healthy society are God's natural means to maintain holistic health and well-being. Outstanding results have been achieved using this approach for a healthy society. You'll live a longer, more productive life with less of the diseases that are so common in our society today. God's Prescription for a Healthy Society Available now at Amazon.com or at DeceitfulMasters.com
0: Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Thank, thank you for staying with us. We appreciate your Uh, interest in this subject and it is of all things a very important subject. It's probably one of the most important ones that you're going to face is did we come from accident or did we come from the design of God's hand? A loving God that cares for each one of us. A God that died for us that we might have life and have abundant life. One that is interceding for us right now. This is the God that the Bible talks about. And the truth of the matter is, we're in a spiritual battle. What I've been talking to you about today is the lines of the spiritual battle. The lines have been drawn. Uh, Before I go any further, I want to give you the phone number again. 888 463-6748, 463-6748, and you can call, and we don't have an awful lot of time left here, but in the time that we have, uh, we can probably take one or two calls, and you can uh, talk to us, but let's go through what is really, what is science? How does science work? I drew a, a kind of a graph that shows just how we work science. Now, science and technology are different. Many of the things we have today are a result of science. But what we have is not science, it's technology. We take the science and we develop technologies with that. And we have made great progress in a lot of areas, and we know that. But it wasn't result of evolution is despite evolution. If we would take God in his the way he is, we would do much better than we are today because we do away with greed. Greed is holding back some of the things that are before us today that we could be using to great advantage. So let's just look and see what is the how does science work? And like I told you before, you don't have to have a Ph.D. degree or all these kind of things to be a good scientist. All of us are scientists. There isn't any such a thing as a person that isn't a scientist because we're all observing nature and we're making some, uh, we're looking at it and we're figuring something about it. It all depends on where we come from. So in science, what we do, we have what we call induction, inductive reasoning. And that's where you go and you find the facts of what you're looking, what you're wanting to examine. You go and you look all these up, you bring all of them. we got to take all of them. We can't just throw out the ones we don't like, you know, but we get all the facts. And when we gather all these facts together, then we use various methods of coming up with a major premise or a major statement that we consider to be true. Now in science, as we advance farther, a lot of things that we thought were true in the past we realize they're not today. So science is just relative relative to what we have now the Knowledge and the understanding we have now. Things are not as simple as we used to think they were. So we, we get these facts, we put them through the process of, of, uh, weeding out the ones that don't fit, and we finally come up with a hypothesis. And this hypothesis, you know, we come up with a number of hypotheses, check them out with Reality, well, that one doesn't work, so we throw that one away. And finally, we come up with one that appears to be working. That becomes our major premise. From the major premise, we go in, and this is the science side. It's evaluating. It's uh, doing uh, cause and effect things, and various things like this is on the science side. But science by itself wouldn't do us any good at all. We have to go into the deductive side. Now, inductive, we take the, the facts and we bring them into, uh, into a premise. The deductive side, we take that premise and we bring it into useful things, something that we can use. Now, all of these have different laws. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of this. You can find this in my books that are being advertised for you. Uh, these things are have been laid down over the years to keep us from going astray. There's a number of rules and regulations we have to go through in order to have good science, to have sloppy science. You can just throw all these away and do anything you want. In one of my books, I have a number of, of ways that good science is bypassed. So we, we realize that science is one thing. Origins is another thing. And to accept the Bible account has always lifted people up. So if we can realize that accepting the Bible account of creation, then we can also accept the Bible account of redemption, of what God wants to do for us today. We don't really have an awful lot of time to go into what happened to man. We know we're not what God created us to be, but the redemption story brings us back to what God wants us to be. And... So we need to think this way. I have some Bible verses here, and the one says that God cannot be... It goes like this. There is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. God is a God of truth. God is a God of love. He's also a God of judgment. If we don't accept His love, then we end up facing the judgment, and that's not a good thing. So we're in a spiritual battle, but we're in a battle that we can win. We're coming close to the end of our program. I trust that what we've said today will be of a great help to you, be an encouragement to you. And I want you to study this farther. I want you to go back to your Bibles and read the account, and you'll find out that this is much better, a much better way of looking at life, because the God who created life can also help us to live our lives in a way that we can be a great blessing to others, we can get in a group that we call the church, the real church, and we'll, I think next week what we'll talk about it is the real church versus the church that is Satan's church. I believe that's what we'll talk about next week. So be prepared to talk about that. We're coming to the end of our program today. Thank you for uh, joining with us and go to my website. DeceitfulMasters.com and have a beautiful and wonderful day. So we're closing up and so I'm Howard Eugene Wright and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com